I am Gosna Tintlovo, and this is the Tech Central Show brought to you by MTN Business. You can visit MTN Business on www.mtnbusiness.co.za and we thank them for partnering with the show. My guest today is driving a revolution in healthcare by digitizing access. Kenna Health is the winner of the 2023 MTN Business App of the Year Award. And I'm joined in studio today by Kenna Health Chief Technical Officer, Pialo Mabuya. Pialo, welcome to the show and thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Yes. Pialo, so tell me what it means to digitize access to healthcare. Um, basically, um, to me, uh, it's, it's basically allowing, enabling, using technology to enable access to healthcare. Yes. Um, technology allows you to do a lot in terms of expanding reach, reaching mm-hmm. people, and also at, a, at an affordable rate, uh, mm-hmm. which which then forces you to break the break the chains that are currently existing in terms of brick and mortar to that have limitations in terms of reaching people. Mm-hmm. So it's not digitizing for the sake of digitizing, right? Yes. Where you're just taking something manual and making it uh, and making digital. Yes. You're, you're trying to look at it from first principles basis to try and make sure that you're pulling out all the efficiencies, but leaving out only the important aspects of the, of the journey yes. of getting somebody the health care that they need. Yes. Um, so then by thinking about it that way, then you are, then you actually have to interrogate why, why do you need a script on ink? Why mm. do you need to present yourself at the, at the, at the doctor's office? Yes. And then you figure out, after you answer the whys, then yes. you can figure out what type of solution can put into in, in place. Yes. Um, and the solution then, with the right objectives, then you can find ways to cut the fat and then the fluff and then figure out exactly what your customer is actually looking for. Mm. Um, so, so in like in certain instances, um, you may you may think that you may think that going to a doctor serves a particular purpose. Yes. It does. However, there are also other things that you don't necessarily have to see a doctor physically for, mm-hmm. right? Then you start thinking about, but why would you engage with a doctor in the first place? Yes. And then does it have to be physical? When you start asking those questions, then you go like, is the building important? No, the building is not important. Yes. Do I have to see the doctor right then? Yes. No, you don't have to then you can start building technology in there. So you're yes. not saying that you're not saying that your doctor is still gonna have a doctor's office sitting somewhere yes. and then after that and then after that all you're gonna do is just um, have them on a on a on a system where they can talk to the patient and capture notes. Yes. You're saying how do I enable a in a revolutionary view in terms of how you can deliver that healthcare. So now it poses interesting questions. What happens when you are take when you want to take readings from a patient? What happens when you want to keep that record? What happens when you refer to another doctor? Yes. Those are then all interesting questions that lead up to why you're digitizing healthcare. Yes. Um, so now tell me, it, it, it sounds like a lovely idea, right? I'm going to digitize this healthcare. But now as a patient, you tell me that my doctor's not going to be able to touch me. He's not going to be able to 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 even, you know, yes, as I said, touch. Um, how then are patients responding to this? Um, we have... We have we have segments of patients, yes. um, um, and uh, and you, there are people that are loyal and dedicated to their GPs. That's cool. That's mm-hmm. that's the type of service that they require, mm-hmm. and also there are things that allow them to do that. A, a long-standing relationship with a doctor, 
probably you're on medical aid. Yes. Probably there's proximity of where the, the doctor is placed. Yes. That's cool. And then you have people that go to a doctor sometimes, so mm -hmm. they don't even they don't even mind that the doctor who the doctor is. They just need a service to yes. be delivered. Yes. Um. Like I, for instance, for the longest time, I never really had a doctor. I just mm -hmm. went to where a doctor was. Yes. Um. And then and then and then so that that's kind of part of our of, of our target. And then there's another there's another segment which is which is very everything that target with is very comfortable with using technology mm -hmm. and they are they already are getting healthcare services through some digital means mm -hmm. or then there's also other people that don't have the luxury of a private doctor right mm -hmm. now it's, this is then out of need where it's like okay cool i am going to shop for the best deal in town to try yes. and figure out where is the best place for me to get uh to get healthcare. Mm -hmm. so now on this spectrum, there are trade-offs that you make in terms of cost, time, as well as the access. Mm. So users um, or patients then continuously have to make that that provision. Yes. Like while we all may, may want to talk to the almost absolute specialist um, for anything that we want to talk about yes. uh, that might be ailing us, we don't all have that luxury. Uh -huh. And in true form in South Africa, it's a very small segment of our market that can actually access that. Mm -hmm. So it's like, then you're actually looking at the fact that if I do away with all that, that makes that trip to the doctor, mm -hmm. um, um, a thing, how much further can I draw, can I draw down that price? Because yes. at that point I'm looking at, I'm seeing that there's a segment of people that have uh, a cost issue, mm -hmm. which is directly related to the access issue. Mm -hmm. Then you can then go like, okay, cool. What do these people value? Yes. Are they coming to me for the doctor to touch them? Yes. Or are they trying to feel better? Uh -huh. And that's the thing that we are looking for. We are looking to make people feel better. Yes. That's what, Okay, so that's great. So let's say I now get over whatever psychological hurdle I have towards, you know, having a consultation uh, through some kind of video medium, yeah. right? Um, there are, I imagine, certain risks that are different. Now, in a bricks and mortar environment, for example, if someone eavesdrops on this conversation that I'm having with my healthcare provider, um, the healthcare provider or the provider of the infrastructure is not really going to get as much trouble as you, as the CTO, who builds, <laughs> you know, the infrastructure required to to provide a video service and has to handle that data, right? So, can you tell me about the those risks and 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 how you've thought through and worked through them um they are not necessarily new mm -hmm. in the sense that in anything that you do um using your smartphone or your your laptop there's always a risk of somebody just hovering over you right yes. and it's just just uh eavesdropping yes um and like it's in the Let's say the, the the operating procedure that we have with our with our clinicians is that one of the main things that we do. So we deliver the the the, the consult either via uh, text a text chat mm -hmm. or via a phone or a video call, right? Mm -hmm. In the in the moments where it turns into a video call and a call, mm -hmm. you would treat it as you would treat it as having a sensitive call. So mm -hmm. you would ask the patient if they're in a comfortable place to have the conversation mm -hmm. and then if they say yes that's that's the that's the onus that's on them to make sure that they are in a place where they can have that that conversation yes um but that is always part of our procedure to make sure that 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 information is as far as possible 
we are we are talking to the right person. Yes. Number one, the person that that the doctor is says, oh, this isn't Kosinati. Mm-hmm. And then if if Lindy was suddenly suddenly shows up, mm-hmm. then we have to go like, something is not right here. Yes. Right. So these are some of the risks that we have. But then but then this is mainly on the operating procedure that we have with our doctors because also these are practicing. They were practicing doctors in brick and mortar places. They yes. also know that you can't bring. Can't bring Kosinati's file, and then all of a sudden Lindu shows up. That, yes. that that is not yeah. So that's mm-hmm. those are some of the things that we look out for in the in the operating procedure. Mm-hmm. But in general, the information that you share with us on the on the app um, is completely uh, only people that can see it are the clinicians, and it's not clinicians looking at it for fun. It's clinicians only when you're consulting. Right? Okay. So so we have rest, we have we have lockdowns in terms of the the data that you're accessing. Yes. So um, and then that information belongs to you so if you want your account deleted you can ask us to delete that account for you um and then um and then you can also you can also view that information in terms of historic and that's what part of the business that we are probably going to expand on on an ongoing basis so that you can look at your consultations and some other outcomes for those things because we're trying to make sure that you're looking at your overall well-being and not just coming to us when you're sick and just doing a consult Now, speaking to that, I mean, having this consultation in a more in a more data driven kind of format uh, opens up some possibilities, right? Whereas some uh, a live doctor would have to read your file and think about it in real time. Uh, if it's data sitting somewhere, a, an algorithm could look at it and it could compare it to some other file and maybe even say, "Hey." Uh, these two patterns are the same and that one led to cancer. Doctor, maybe you should test for such and such a thing. Um, how are emergent technologies like ML and AI kind of working themselves into healthcare? Yeah, um, it's, an, it's an interesting time now that uh, um, the GPTs have helped us not to try and build all these things from, from scratch. Yes, But basically, yes, um, there is a lot of value in terms of the value, the data that we get from our our patients mm. the, the the value to the patient is that we keep a very clean record of of their experience with us mm-hmm. so that we know exactly what we what we've been interacting with them on mm-hmm. so we can tell that you had flu you had a broken leg so if there's any ever a chance for these things conflicting in some ways yes. our doctor will have a view of that right so that that is still akin to reading the file yes. then there is another component which is then which is then what does the population of of a particular segment look like health-wise? Then you're then able to go like, okay, cool. In this region, this is how people are. are. There's a particular trend in terms of the illnesses that we are seeing. There's a particular uh, comorbidity that creeps up sometimes. Um, so what we're looking at there is then trying to figure out if there are, even in the way that we allocate doctors, is that is there a way that we are then able to figure out if they, if we have a doctor that's best placed to service this particular population? Yes. Um, and then there are other tools that we are looking into, or probably over the next year or two, in terms of how do we then make the experience for the for the doctor as easy as possible. Right now, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the patient just interacts with the doctor uh, with with our interface, and that's cool. But then the doctor is also on the on the side and on the doctor side on the expert expert view. Essentially, mm-hmm. is that they have a lot of data to to make sense of. So, mm-hmm. can you imagine finding yourself? as a doctor and then you're dealing with patients on an ongoing basis is not necessarily the most, uh, it doesn't have that luxury of you spending time reading the document and 
spending time and all that stuff. What you want to do is to figure out summary views, then make mm-hmm. it easier for for the doctor. So the summary view could be basic descriptive stats around what the what the patient has been looking at, yes. but then we could also figure out some pres- pres- predictive predictive steps that we can mm-hmm. put in so that you can go like, okay, cool. Here is something here. Maybe the blood, the high blood range has not, has not been going down the way that you're expecting it. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's something for you to intervene here. Yes. And then, so that's the element of it where we, where we want to deliver brief insights um, yes. to the, to the, to the doctor. So can you imagine a scenario where when the, when you, when you, when you get into my queue and then I click on you, on you, and then there is a brief summary of why you are here today. Yes. But then there's also a brief summary that is auto generated to yes. give you a, a synopsis of that entire, of the entire encounter experience that we've had over the past couple of interactions that we've yes. had. These, these are some of the things that we can, that we can, plausibly do in the next couple of years and then also even on the on the patient side there is the element of um the the level of advice that we can give before you actually need to talk to a doctor uh-huh. right so just looking at tools that you can put in place to basically triage uh what you're actually going through and mm-hmm. maybe there are some low level interventions that we can put in place should our our bot fail then we can escalate it to a doctor uh-huh. right because the, at the end of the day what we are trying to do is that you get the care that you need yes. um not necessarily for you to see our doctor or nurses right yes. so we're trying to get make sure that you can get the 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 the, the help that you need if you need guidance you need a further explanation on cons- or actual consultation yes. because c- certain things you can't do without uh, without a doctor yes um then you can escalate them uh properly mm. and i think and i think uh, what we forego in trying to uh, in trying not necessarily trying to push push consults is that we build a brand that people can trust that mm. we are always trying to make sure that the cost of care for them is as cheap as possible mm. but it's as it is it is very good quality so even with that said the reason why we have not jumped to get all these things done is that we need to make sure that the tech is sound you need to make sure that we are we are going through our due diligence to make sure that the bot is not going to hallucinate something or you know it's <laughs> yes. not going to come up with something that is contrary to um to what we what we have in our our, our SOPs uh-huh. so we try to make sure that we can ring fence it because that's probably that's probably one of the the ways to just get started is just re- ring fence it to to particular conditions yes. and then after that you can escalate from there but okay. you can't just go and go like hey yeah just let's let's run free whatever. yeah yeah, and okay. then, yeah but uh, in your answer there you you did touch on on designing specific things for doctors and designing specific things for patients i can imagine that from from a ui design design perspective you would have to kind of split your brain between these two um users that you have in your system uh, could you tell us more about th- that process yeah so we go through we go through a a very deliberate uh, uh product development process that we that we that we follow uh this is where we include our our product people our customer insights people and our our technical people in a process that makes that that for anything that we want to do that it makes it easier for anybody that is interacting with the system right mm-hmm. because and I go back to I go back to why we exist. We, we we exist to deliver quality care at an affordable price point. Yes. Um. So then, what what then what that means is that how do you then efficiently cater to our customer base at the most at the most affordable rates? Yes. 
mm-hmm. which means that when when you step into creating personas, um, creating users on our on our system, we have to step into their shoes in terms of what do they experience. Mm-hmm. There are there are things that a patient knows that the doctor doesn't know. Then there are things that the doctor knows that the patient doesn't know, mm-hmm. and because of those two different positions, you have to be empathetic to what they will be experiencing at the time that they are using the platform. Mm-hmm. So. On the doctor view, the doctor view may be a little bit more complicated. It's complicated if you're approaching it from the eyes of a of a patient because you don't know what all of those things are, and it's, ne- it's not necessarily your business to know what those things are. Yes. But because a doctor or a nurse or our clinicians are trained, mm-hmm. um, they can understand the information hierarchy that we put on the page, where we put the information, yes. and how do we then figure out the best place to put certain information at, at, and at what point of the consultation. Yes. So we also collaborate closely with them. We call them our, our SMEs. They come in to tell us, no, this does not make sense. If you, if you position that number like that, it might draw this other this other outcome that you might not know as a as pers- as a person that's like a designer or an engineer, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we that's what we're looking for. And then when you're looking at the patient experience, is that you are aware that the person that is coming to you is actually coming at to you at a very vulnerable place. Mm-hmm. So what you want to do is to make sure that 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 interface is clean, that the instructions are clear. Mm-hmm. There's a full, there's a there's a flow that they can they can always understand where they are at any given point, yes. and you're always empathetic with interacting with them. So yes. then so then that complexity that the patient doesn't experience yes. is an experience on the other side. Yes. So that the so that, that that experience can be can be can be easy, easy for, for the them. patient. Yes. But then you're not just throwing it to the doctor side, but you're also going like, okay, cool, there's some complexity that we need yes. to deal with. And then how do we simplify it for the doctor? Yes. So you structure it in a way that it, it, it can work. Yeah. That's excellent. So now did all of this development happen in house? Yes, a large chunk of it. Mm-hmm. Um, at the beginning, we had a technology partner. Uh, however, we transitioned. Uh, we transitioned um, a little bit, but pretty much most of the tech that we built is ours. Uh, yes. We we had um, we were fortunate in the sense that we had been in telemedicine for a while uh, okay. with our other entity, Health, health Force. So we understood the clinician experience a lot. Okay. So then, so then we were able to translate some of those learnings into Ghana, which made the the build of Ghana itself yes much easier than starting from basics yes. Um, so we were then able to focus on on what the user experience uh, would be because that that was our first foray at at actually having a patient relationship. Oh, okay. um, because in our in our other incarnation, um, we had a nurse intermediary in between that would. That would okay. deal with the nurse, with yes. the with the patient. Yes. Um, so yes, we went out to find the best talent that we could in terms of the in terms of the UI design, patient experience, um, in terms of uh, customer insights, yes. and then also on the technical front, uh, people that are that are very comfortable with mobile mobile engineering yes. that understand scaling of a product like this, mm-hmm. uh, usability, in off in all fronts. We had to give it that level of attention. Yes. Um, but, uh, I mean, in terms of the tech skills market, it, it is a seller's market at the moment. Uh, but you, you did mention something to me called uh, purpose-driven uh, recruitment. Yes. Yes. Could you tell me more about that? Yeah. Um, as, as you said, it's a, it's a seller's market. Yeah. Uh, uh, technical skills are at a high, high demand. Yes. And people are willing to pay top dollar for 
um, for for good people in in the in the market, and mm. we also do. We want to we want to make sure that people are fairly compensated. Yes. But when you go into the market, you're competing with other startups, yes, well-funded startups. Yes. Not only that, you're also competing with corporates, yes, and then also you're comp- competing with international multinationals, right? Yes. So. So you, if I'm competing in that realm on money alone, I'm yes, going sir. to lose all the time, yes. all the time. Um, and what what then has become important to us, it, is, it has always been a philosophy that we've had, is that we actually want to work with people that understand why we're doing what we're doing. Mm. So part of our conversation at the beginning is not, it is to figure out if you're technically proficient, but part of it is that does this, problem resonate with you mm. do you feel like this is a problem worth solving mm. so this is where this is the conversation that that we have with people that we we recruit mm. so that so that they understand why they're coming to work at at Ghana yes. because the problem means that much to them mm. um then then when conversations and we've had a couple of these where where you have to counter then there's there's a conf- um, counter in terms of salary. Yes. Um, then then you have to think about think about because I can only go so far. Yes. Now is the decision on you whether the is this problem not good enough for you to work on. Okay. Um, and and sometimes you have to lose some people to mm-hmm. to that, but then it's also okay that you you lose them because yes. because. Um, down the line, when you are when you are wor- when you are actually working in the business, yes. you need to make sure that you are the right fit for the organization in terms of f- wanting to solve this problem. Yes. It helps us a lot in terms of the level of thinking, the level of innovation that people bring to the organization, mm-hmm. and also in terms of retention. Um, for as long as the organization stays true to the commitment of trying to reduce the cost of. Um, affordable care, yes. then I know that I will have a cohort in in the in the team that yes. is not gonna go anywhere because they feel like this is a problem worth solving. Oh okay. That's great. So so you get to keep more people because they they're one with the mission. Um but uh, tell me about modeling this problem now because obviously you have these doctors. Are your doctors employed by you or do you do you rent a doctor, you know, for two hours when you need them? How how do you ensure that you always have enough resources to to deal with the demand? Cool. Um, so we hire our doctors uh, mm-hmm. outright uh, for a number of reasons. Um, one of the first ones is quality management. We want to make sure that we want to make sure that we're hiring the right people. Mm-hmm. Segueing from what we just talked about in terms of in terms of uh, uh, technical expertise, even clinicians are in demand as well. So you're also looking for the right type of people that will understand why they're doing what they're doing. Okay. Um, so then, so then it helps us in terms of uh, in terms of the, the quality assurance that we promise to our patients. Mm. And then on top of that, hiring doctors outright allows us to have some level of flexibility in our unit economics because then, mm-hmm. because then we are then we can then model how many how many patients uh, to a clinician relationship we can figure out what that mm-hmm. looks like and then recruit as it goes along. Mm-hmm. The alternative uh, when you talk about unit uh, economics is that it would be much cheaper for us to hire a to follow an Uber model, mm-hmm. um, but then. The risk of the risk of uh, bad players mm-hmm. or um, advice that does not necessarily follow our SOP mm-hmm. is escalated, and then what then happens is that you have a direct um, a direct um, escalation 
between between the number of clinicians that you need versus uh, the patients that are coming in, right? Mm-hmm. For our model to work, we need to be able to 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 have um, to have economics that don't necessarily scale that way. Mm-hmm. Because if I am hiring a doctor every time somebody wants to wants to consult, it means that I'm not actually sorting out the inefficiencies in the system. Yes. What I'm trying to do is to make sure that we can we can service as many consultations as possible mm-hmm. with limited with limited clinicians. Mm-hmm. So then we figure out the efficiencies that we need to put into place in order in terms of the tools that we provide to the clinicians, mm-hmm. the support that they need, um, the learning and growth that they that they that they need to go through in mm-hmm. order to support that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that becomes that becomes our our edge essentially. Mm-hmm. Because at a certain point, we would actually want to go out and go like, I miss everything that's happening. Yes. We would like to reduce our consultation fee. Our mm-hmm. consultation fee right now is 185. Mm-hmm. At some point, we would like to say that, oh, we've built up so many inefficiencies in our system mm-hmm. that we can go to 150, go to 100 rand, deliver a service for 50 rand. That will be like a nirvana for us because yes. then at that point we are truly making it accessible for, for people that uh, desperately need the service. Yes. Um, so the space you're in though, it, it is quite competitive. You've got some local competitors coming along, international guys coming through as well, but uh, it's not necessarily as cutthroat as one might expect uh, because of the nature of, of, of uh, conscientizing people to, to what it is that you do. So what kind of efforts do you do you make to to get people to accept um, this mode of delivering healthcare? Um, this was uh, this has been uh, an interesting um, journey for us. Yes. Um, in the sense that when we when we launched uh, there there was a segment of the market that understood mm-hmm. uh, what telemedicine is. Mm-hmm. However, um, it it was not at the level where we, it it can grow itself. Mm-hmm. So while uh, while some big insurance companies had telemedicine services, um, the uptake on them was not that great mm-hmm. for them to be a an a understood way to deliver to deliver meds. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the some of the some of the conventions that you alluded to earlier on about being touched and and being serviced by a doctor like that mm-hmm. still remain very strong. So then what then happens uh, when you start looking at competitors coming into the market is that you actually welcome competition because then you are you are sharing the burden of teaching uh, the, marketplace. Uh, your, the marketplace what, what telemedicine is, okay. right? Then you can figure out your niche after that. <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Now you know what telemedicine is. Yeah. This is what we do in that in that mode. Um, yes. Because what part of the problem at the beginning yes. is then is trying to tell somebody what telemedicine is mm-hmm. its limitations and then after that going like yeah now that you are bought into the idea of telemedicine here's yes, who I am. yeah <laughs> right it's 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 a long journey but it's, yes. it's one that is one that was necessary i guess for us to 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 walk it uh-huh. because it enables other entrants in the market yes. the more the more some of these ent- entrants come into the market mm-hmm. the greater it is in terms of the entire healthcare system yes. um and then and then because we are actively working on the same goal, digitizing yes. healthcare and providing it at affordable rates, mm-hmm. then it means that it means that over time then we are able to either cooperate or even if we don't cooperate, then the little competition that comes up in the market for gives consumers choice and then we're able to drive down 
the price. Yes, yes, yes. But it does have a competition. It does legitimize uh, the competitors themselves. No, it de- it definitely does. Yes. It definitely does because because it's 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 a big it's a big ask, right? To to ask somebody at a point of need, especially when they when it's like I'm sick, mm-hmm. and then you're going like, yo, uh, try this other thing, this yeah. new new thing. Yeah. And, and I'm the like, only one who and does I'm, it. And I'm the only one. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, okay. No, yeah. maybe. Mm. Yeah. Right? It becomes a little bit better. You go like, oh, remember when? Uh, remember when you wanted to renew your your uh, contraception, and then you went onto that other app. Yes, same it's thing. The on same the thing. But now we can service your your stomach bugs, your flus, your right. Yes. Those type of things. That becomes the conversation becomes a little bit easier mm. because also there's. There's also like trust things that ha- that need to be sorted out mm-hmm. in terms of people trusting that you're gonna give them the right level of care. Yes. That the prescription that you give them is actually gonna be useful. Mm-hmm. That that when you say when they when they pay that money, it's actually going. To, you're only gonna debit only that 185 rand, right? Yes, yes. Those are the things that then people have to get over mm-hmm. uh, in terms of in terms of using a platform like ours. You can. It's akin to. To using um, uh, e-commerce sites earlier yes. on, where you're trying to, f- where, you, where you're going like, mm, will I get my delivery? Will I get it? Yes. What if it's wrong? Then you have to yes. figure out the returns thing. Um, yes. And uh, and one of the, one of the other things is that people people tend to um, now that now that Uber is ubiquitous, yes. you you start to think, oh yeah, it's Uber, right? Yes. But they don't remember when they first used Uber yes. or the early adopters used Uber, where they were going like. Mm, um, is it actually going to get here? Yes. And then who is driving this thing? Am I safe? Am I safe? Yeah. Am I going to get where I'm going? Yes. And then how do I pay? <laughs> right? Yeah. Those, those those things now that yes. now that Uber is 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 just a thing now. Yes. Um uh don't seem like big problems, but mm. for for early entrants in a in a market th- those are things that you have to grapple with. Yes, yes. It's a bit of developing trust. Uh talking about winning so you were recently at a gala event and uh, not only did you win the category of best health app, but uh, you are the 2023 MTN Business App of the Year uh, award winner. Uh, tell me about the feeling, you know, as a technical lead. It's a, <laughs> it's a weird one. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a weird one. In all honesty, I think... I think um, was fairly confident of the category one. Yes. Um because because I really do bet on the on the product that we've put out in the market. I yes. really um we've we've seen we've seen customer reviews, we've customer we've had customer interviews and everybody yeah. that actually uses the app is just like, wow, yeah. this is great. So you were sure you were the best in your hood? In, in my hood, I was like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody can tell me anything yeah. about, about this, right? Um and I was like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean like there there are things that we know of that People don't know of, but it's like it's like for what we presented out into the market, I'm pretty yes. confident that uh, that the category category one is uh, is uh, a, a sure. Yes. Like like even if it wasn't, then we will go back to the office and go like ah something. something's going on, <laughs> something yeah. <laughs> but then it actually went in the opposite direction. Yeah, uh, yeah, and 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 I'm not I'm not trying to denigrate our our partners, yes. our our fellow. Uh, nominees yes um but I, I truly believe that we put in a lot of efforts to make sure that we are delivering a fantastic uh fantastic product into yes. the market um the overall winner and i was not expecting at all mm. um, um there was a there was a big 
big surprise. Eh? And I think uh, part of the part of the part of if if you look at some of the pictures of that night, there's yeah. a moment where me and the CEO are looking at each other and we're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 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 that mission driven, that purpose driven philosophy is is actually making waves. I think so. I think I think there is. I think there's there's uh, a. A great. I think people are starting to understand what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, they're starting to understand um, what we are trying to introduce into the market. Mm-hmm. And the and the the other important thing is that even in trying to do something new, we're not trying to compromise their experience. Mm-hmm. Because when you when you whenever you whenever you build something, it's not necessarily that I am competing with other healthcare providers. I'm also competing with any anybody else that delivers information to you because then you have you start learning how to use certain apps and then if my app starts working weirdly then you're mm. going to go like mm, what is this now mm. right mm. so now so now then you have to keep on trend in terms of what checkers is doing uh, with their mm. 6060 app right you try to figure out what are they teaching consumers about mm. expectation management day yes uh, take what take a lot is doing same mm. thing right because then when you start looking if i only looked at healthcare apps mm-hmm. and we must all admit that Healthcare, healthcare doesn't necessarily always get the right level of treatment. Yes. Like you, you see some of the software that is out there in the market is just like Windows ninety five, yeah. right? <laughs> if functional. I only looked yeah. at that, then I will give you a very functional thing. But then yeah. I will miss out on all the valuable, valuable insights that um, companies like Uber, Checkers, um, yes. that they have sorted in terms of. How do we, what happens when we introduce a new category? Yes. What is that experience for a user for them to gain that trust, right? Mm. Then those are the markers that you then have to put into your app. How do mm. you make it as simple as possible, but being as effective as possible? Those yes. are some of the things that you then have to figure out. Yes. Um, and that's not necessarily in the industry that you're in. It's probably something way outside that you might not even consider. Mm. Mm. So to be, to win the overall Winner, yes. Then goes like, oh, okay, cool. We cool. we we, yeah. we are looking at we are looking at the right things. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're learning from others in in, in industry. Yeah. Okay, excellent, Pialo Mawe. Thank you for your time and all the best with Kenna Health. For sure. Thanks a lot for having me. Thanks. <laughs>